for coming. We're glad you're here. I hope you got a communion uh, cup and a candle when you came in. If you didn't during the first song, make sure you go to the uh, back and get one. We welcome those who are joining us on the live stream as well, and I hope you have a candle where you are uh, and some communion to join with us a little later in the service. Since we were last together this morning at our Christmas Eve service, we've hosted three other churches in our building in two different languages, so it's been a great day of celebrating. Uh, the birth of Christ, and we are glad you're here with us tonight. Both of our churches have been singing this first song all month long, so let's stand together and join with the band as we sing Manger Throne. Stepped into creation with fire for all to see, brought every tribe and nation to their knees. Arriving with the host of heaven and royal robe and crown, the rulers of the earth all bowing down. But you chose meekness over majesty. Arrived your power in humanity. Glory be to you alone, King who reigns from a manger throne. My life, my praise, everything I own to Jesus, the King on a could have marched in all your glory into the heart of Rome, showed them splendor like they'd never known. But he wrote a better story and humble Bethlehem, creator in the arms of common men. You will die for our redemption and you'll rise so can live
praise tonight. You guys can have a seat. The season of watching and waiting is over. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. This is the light of the world, and the darkness cannot extinguish it. So we light the Christ candle. Oh, sing to the Lord a new song. Sing to the Lord all the earth. Tell of his salvation from day to day. Declare his glory among the nations, his marvelous works among all the peoples. Psalm 96, 1 through 3. Merry Christmas, church family. The Apostle John, in his gospel, introduces us to Jesus with these words. He says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through Him all things were made. Without Him nothing was made that has been made. In Him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify concerning that light, so that through him all might believe. He himself was not the light. He came only as a witness to the light. The true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision, or a husband's will, but born of God. And John closes with these words in verse 14 that gives us reason to celebrate this Christmas. He says, The Word became flesh and made His dwelling among us. We have seen His glory, the glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. Let's stand. Let's sing this song together. Joy to the world. Joy to the world, the Savior. 
darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in a land of deep darkness, on them a light has shone. You have multiplied the nation. You have increased its joy. They rejoice before you as with joy at the harvest, as they are glad when they divide the spoil. For the yoke of his burden and the staff for his shoulder, the rod of his oppressor, you have broken as on the day of Midian. 
for every boot of the tramping warrior in battle tumult, and every garment rolled in blood will be burned as fuel for the fire. For to us a child is born, for to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and of peace there will be no end, on the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish it and to uphold it, with justice and with righteousness from this time forth and forevermore. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. I invite everybody to stand and sing with us.
Wow. Merry Christmas, everyone. As I sit directly behind that Advent wreath, I'm just reminded that all hope anticipated was realized in the birth of the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So I think about the candles of that Advent wreath, and I've thought about them for several weeks now. They may not appear very bright to you from where you sit compared to these LEDs blasting us from the roof. They're pretty bright, but you completely darken this room and allow your eyes to adjust, and these candles will illuminate the entire room with a warm amber glow. But as peaceful and sometimes with candles romantic as that lighting may be, when you and I are moving somewhere in a hurry, and I know I'm not speaking to anyone here, we're all just cool and chill. But if you're ever moving anywhere in a hurry, not knowing what's in front of you, most of us would say that the light of these candles is relatively insufficient. We might say to ourselves, I'll take as much light as I can get. Take Christmas lights, for example. We love to put them on our trees at home, maybe even outside, decorating all around your house. We make our homes look festive. I love to look and sit at Christmas lights on a tree. I need no other decorations. But they're beautiful, but they don't put out much light. I think about Christmas lights as I thought about this, to be exact. Think about a Christmas bulb, a little incandescent Christmas bulb. You want to geek out here for a second? It's only 0.51 watts, 2.5 volts. Important for me, 1.3 lumens per bulb. In comparison, there are 12.5 lumens on every candle burning on that Advent wreath. But 50 Christmas lights are necessary to match the lumens of that Advent wreath right now. We can all find a little bit of peace this time of year by hanging out, hanging up our little 0.51 watt, 1.3 lumen Christmas twinkle lights to remember the birth of our Savior. I mean, Culpepper seems to think it's a pretty cool idea. Anybody go to the Christmas parade over the last couple of years? All these cars and trucks and rigs blinged out with full of Christmas lights. All traveling, though, about 0.5 miles or maybe 5 miles per hour in a straight line. Why? Because any amount of travel over that would be dangerous because there's not enough light to drive by. The light produced by our Christmas lights is helpful for us to slowly, this time of year, look back and remember the history of God's profound love for all of us in sending His one and only Son, Jesus Christ. Let me give you an analogy this way. The car that you, the vehicle that you came here today, maybe you walked, but I presume most of you drove. Stop and think about this. You have on the back of your car or truck what we call Backup lights, little white bulbs might look something like this on the screen. Reverse lights, we might say. Some of the older cars have the bulb on the right, and your vehicles have the ones on the left. But with only 20 watts max, 277 lumens, that equals up to 203 little Christmas lights. Why do we even share this? Because you don't need much light to move in reverse because you shouldn't be going very fast to begin with. Unless you're Secret Service driving the president in what they call the beast, moving the president out of harm's way. If you ever watch those videos, it's pretty cool. We hang Christmas lights to reverse our thoughts and remember the baby in a manger. A gift from God to humanity in the past. But what about moving forward? 
None of us here today, anyone online right now, none of us should be speeding down the road tonight by the light of the Christmas tree bulbs or an Advent candle taped to the front of your car. It wouldn't go well for you. There's not enough light produced by those little tiny 0.51 watt bulbs, 1.3 lumen bulbs to guide us over the complex and dangerous terrain of social and political and financial and ideological crises spilling over in our world today. My friends, if you're here tonight, hear me when I say this. We can't navigate life today by a few Christmas bulbs or maybe a Christmas Eve service once a year. It was Jesus in John chapter 8, verse 12, that said, when Jesus spoke again to the people, he said this, I'm the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but we have the light of life. Jesus said, I'm the light of the world. He says that I'm the light of the world today, and I'll be the light of the world again tomorrow. I hope we understand that Jesus didn't come to simply fill our houses with the warm amber glow at Christmas and say to every single one of us, good luck with your future. You're on your own for that. No. Jesus says, I came to fill those who put their faith in me. And I hope I'm speaking to every one of you here listening to my voice tonight. I'm here to fill you with the light of revelation. I'm here to fill you with the light of instruction and wisdom. So that you and I can see how to navigate through the spiritual darkness that permeates our world. I say this to you tonight. Jesus Christ that I know and that many of you know, Jesus is not simply a taillight that we use once a year to back up and remember his birth. Yes, he can help us learn a lot from the past. And we should learn a lot from the past so we don't repeat the mistakes in the future. But Jesus Christ is more than a taillight. He should be the headlamp of our lives. So I started thinking about tonight, when you get in your vehicle to go home, unless you have the lights set on auto, the first, second, or the third thing that you will do after hitting the ignition is you will turn on your headlamps. Ever wonder what type of bulb is underneath that? I put it up here. 55 watt low beam, 75 watt high beam, 700 to 1200 lumens per light. That is 1,846 little bitty Christmas bulbs. But too many people only look in reverse to see Jesus. But in doing so, we struggle. We struggle to see how a little baby can fix what's going on in our lives today. We were never intended to come to this time of year and simply light up our communities with string lights and little candles, remembering the past and simply hoping that the future somehow works out. I think all of us know tonight, Jesus is no longer an infant. He's no longer a title, a, a toddler, not a title. He's our risen Lord and King, sovereign over sin and death, active in our present and in our future. When the prophet Isaiah wrote, as you heard from our friends Marco and Abby in Tel Aviv, Israel right now with their brand new child. And in Isaiah 9, 2 through 7, we read and we think about this, but it wasn't written as a small string of lights to remember only his birth, not at all. For when the prophet Isaiah was writing, not only was he looking backwards, but beginning in verse 2, into verse 3 and forward, he was looking forward to the second coming of the Messiah. And what does this say to us? Sometimes we need to get out of reverse 
and start looking forward to the risen king, awaiting permission from God the Father today to refer, return to earth again. Get your mind and heart in drive and trust the 2400 lumens of spiritual light provided to you and me by the Holy Spirit to help you and me move through this life victoriously. Life's moving fast. There are times we need to speed through life's circumstances. Other times we need to lower that gear and crawl through the difficulties in front of us. But His light, His light, His light in us will help us know how to make it in, through, or around the circumstances ahead. Jesus Christ is the light of the world today. Any electricians in here, his amperage is eternal. His wattage is out of this world. His lumens help us to see that despite the greatest of the world's calamities right now, he's got the light we need. Keep your life in drive, church family. Keep moving forward. As the prophet described Jesus, our coming king, he used several words. And the very first word he used, and that we heard it a moment ago, was wonderful. Wonderful was never designed to be an adjective for the word that came next. It was a word that stood. When somebody asks you, tell me about your God, you can say, oh, he's wonderful. It's not an adjective. It's his name. In, John, in Judges 3, 13, 18, you may not remember this, but remember Samson, the really big guy, really strong because God gave him the strength. He had a father. His dad's name was Manoah. One day he meets the captain of the Lord of hosts and he asks the captain of the Lord of hosts, he asks him, why, what is your name? What's your name? And the angel said, he replied, why do you ask my name? It's beyond understanding. The King James for that says, why, thus, why askest thou after my name, seeing it's a secret? That same word in Hebrew is the same word we get wonderful from. Even the angels say, why ask the name of God? His name is wonderful. When we think about our God, is that the word that we use? Still, people don't know it, just how wonderful he is. Some people out there, maybe some even in here. But many of us who have put our faith in Jesus and trust him as Savior, sometimes we just don't know how wonderful he is. With all the chaos in our world today, do you understand something? That when Jesus is ready to come back, when the Father is ready to send the Son, Jesus is going to come back to earth to put down rebellion against him. And when he comes to earth that second time, he's going to reign on earth and his name will be wonderful. That second word quickly was counselor. With increase in mental health challenges and deeply disturbing social and national crises, to be honest, if you've tried, it's hard to find an available counselor today. They're just busy. But the Bible says that the Jesus we come to worship tonight, he is counselor Jesus never sought the counsel of man. He never asked for man's advice. In Romans 11, the Bible says, Who has known the mind of the Lord? Who has been his counselor? We never find in the gospel the Lord Jesus Christ going to the disciples and going, Hey, hey, fellas, what do you think I ought to do next? Never happened. We don't read it in Scripture. It doesn't mean that you and I don't need human counselors. Every single one of us do. But Jesus does not. He came to be your counselor and mine. Jesus said that he would be our light to navigate whatever life situations you're driving through. And sometimes you feel right now, Mark, I'm going 100 miles an hour and I can't stop. If you hear anything else that I say tonight, hear the next few words I say. Life 
is not moving too fast for Jesus. It's not. His name was also Mighty God. The Hebrew for that is El Gabor. Such a beautiful one. He's the one who is, who, whom is all power is given. Gabor, divine strength, a power, hero, warrior. Jesus Christ is El Gabor. I kind of wonder to myself, even tonight, does anyone here or online with me right now need to know Jesus' power and strength and need it to show up in and through your life right now? We can call on that same power. That same power that found itself coming and, and coming into the form of a, ch- a child It's the same power that comes through the Holy Spirit when we give our lives to Jesus. It's available right now. His strength and his power. One more for me. He called himself, would be called everlasting father. Why do I say this? Jesus isn't going anywhere. He's never going to let us down. I say to myself, crank up the lumens when I think about this. The everlasting father, aviad in Hebrew, Father of eternity, everlasting doesn't simply signify God's dwelling place. Oh, that's the eternal home of God. No, it it tells us how long is Jesus going to remain on his throne? How long? For eternity. That's how long he's going to remain on his throne. Jesus is called everlasting father or the father of eternity. Past, present, and future. I say this, why? Followers of Jesus, put on the headlights and let's get moving. For in Colossians 1.16, it said these words, For in him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. I don't know about you as you see that on the screen right now, but that ought to give you and I a little more confidence to hit the gas and to rev the engine a little more as we move through today's uncertainties. Jesus reigns eternally over sin and death. He's eternally king of the mountain. He's a light on a hill that will never be hidden. And if that brings a smile to your face tonight, it should. Because that same word that we translate everlasting is part of the root that we also get the word continual joy. I'm not talking about the happiness that you get if you get exactly what you want under the tree tomorrow. Or if you find that right guy or that right girl and I'm really happy, that's great. But we're talking about continual joy. And so I say in those words, turn on the headlamps, church family. Hit the gas. There's truly something to look forward to. Merry Christmas, everyone. Mighty God, everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Since they started talking about a coming Messiah, the theme of peace has always been there. Whether it's the prophets of old that spoke of a peace that would come with the reign of God, our shepherds watching over their flock by night, Our churches today that are gathered in war zones are people like us in this room or on the live stream who are looking in some ways for the peace that God gives us through Jesus Christ. The Hebrew word for peace means to tie up loose ends 
together into the whole. And the idea is that Jesus takes the fragments of our lives, the fragments of our churches, the fragments of our community, the fragments of our country, the fragments of our world, and he does something new, makes a new creation. And in that new creation that he weaves together, he brings us peace, not just individually, but for the whole world. Paul wrote that this peace passes all human understanding. And we know that Paul did everything he thought he needed to do to create peace in his life. He chased after it in every way that he could. But it was when he had an encounter with the light of the world, Jesus Christ, on the Damascus Road, that he found peace for his life. And so often as you read Paul, he he would write these words, grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Peace. The light of the world brings peace. And so if Jesus is just light, but we have no peace, then we really haven't encountered the light of Jesus Christ. And then we have the joyful mission of helping others experience the peace of Christ. I don't know about you, but on Christmas Eve, the world gets kind of big for me. Some of us are Santa tracking across the globe, this big world tonight. We come to churches that are full. We sing songs with big themes. And sometimes those big themes are easy to leave behind in Holy Night Church buildings. But we... We are called to be witnesses to the Prince of Peace. To do that at 318 Southwest Street. To do that at 16088 Rogers Road. And to do that in all of our homes, God has this strange idea that he's not restricted to church buildings. That all of our living rooms are his as well. And that we are to be a reflection of his peace in all that we do, and in, in, in community with this world. And so I also have to say that if Jesus' light has not led us to be proclaimers of peace in our neighborhoods and in our community and in our world, then whatever light we think we have, it doesn't appear to be the light of Christ we have the joyful opportunity to share the peace of Christ with the world. He is the Prince of Peace. And I guarantee you that if we reflect it, the one that is the Prince of Peace, that this culture, this world from time, from the beginning of time will come running to us so that they can find that peace as well. They will respond to that truth because he is the Prince of Peace. And one of the ways that we, in this culture, extend the peace of Christ is through our generosity to a culture that has been given so much. We have the privilege of sharing that with the world. 
And tonight we're focusing on on three places in our world that uh, we want to share the peace of Christ and help them continue to share the light of Christ in this world. The Joshua Fund in Israel that continues to seek to bless Israel and their neighbors with the light of Jesus Christ in the midst of great heartache, terrible hardship, and continued uncertainty. Churches in Ukraine that continue the ongoing work of meeting needs and proclaiming hope in a war that just doesn't seem to be going anywhere. Streams Church in Uganda doing a marvelous job of sharing the light of the world in that place. And so our Christmas, me- Christmas Eve mission offering will go to support those three missions, our opportunity to be generous and share the peace of Christ. And behind me on the screen are two QR codes. And just for the sake of bookkeeping, if you're a Culpeper Baptist person, you use that code. If you're a Mountain View person, you use that code. And, and what I'm hoping for is that I'll feel really popular right now with all of you showing your phones through that screen so you can get online and be generous to our three, three funders tonight that we are trying to help. All of the money you give tonight will go to support the mission offerings in these three places. And if you're new to us or you didn't come prepared to give, hey, don't worry about that. We're thrilled to have you with us tonight. And if you brought your regular offering, Mark and I don't want you to get out of the habit of doing that on a regular basis. There are some offering baskets in the lobby when you leave. He is wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting father and Prince of Peace. And we invite you to join with believers all over the world today in coming to his table and bringing the fragments of all of our lives to this table and watching him weave us together in a new creation that brings peace to our world. Will you pray with me? God, we're so grateful for what you've done in the sending of your Son that brings us peace, that demonstrates your great love, that tells us that who we have been is not who we are in your eyes and in your presence. And so, Lord, we thank you that as we come into this room and on the live stream and as churches all over the world gather tonight with all the identities that we sometimes have, when we come to your table, we have a shared identity and that we've been created in your image and we've been redeemed by your love. And so, Lord, we thank you for the invitation to your table. We thank you for the privilege of being your children, of receiving forgiveness. We thank you for your broken body and your shed blood for us. In your name we pray. Amen. I invite you to get your cups and open up the wafer side of the cup.
On the night he was betrayed, Jesus took the bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it. And he said, this is my body given for you. Take and eat. Amen. The Bible says after the meal, he took the cup, gave it to his disciples. But I think about the scriptures in Romans when it says, you know, I think to myself, should I be doing this? Should I be taking this cup? Is this about me? All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. All includes every single person here and all who listen to our voice online. Bob also says in Romans 6, the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God, the gift is Jesus. Now think about Christmas, the gift that we receive in Christ, we put our faith in him. And that's the only way. You won't find him at Walmart, you won't find him under the tree. Jesus broke that bread, he took that cup, that cup of redemption, he handed it to his disciples and said, take, drink, remember what I and only I could do for you. Tonight, do the same right now. Mm. Thank you, Lord.
pray with me. God, we come before you tonight declaring that there is no one in heaven, on earth, under the earth that is like you, that would desire to fellowship and commune with people so much to go to the point to wrap himself in flesh and come to this earth, to be born in a manger, but not to stay in the manger, but to walk the path of Calvary to die upon a cross for the sins of people who despised you, who wanted nothing to do with you, who rejected you. And as Romans tells us that while we were still weak at the right time, Christ died for the ungodly. God demonstrates his own love for us in this, that while we are still sinners, Christ died for us. We thank you for the hope of Emmanuel, God with us, that you are the Prince of Peace and you give us peace. Lord, for each and every man and woman that came into these doors tonight, not knowing where each and every person may be, would we believe that peace is only found by the means of the cross and what you did for us? Peace is not found in the absence of conflict or in favorable circumstances. Peace is found in surrendering our lives to the Lordship of Christ. And so, God, as we celebrate this Christmas season, would we move beyond the cradle and look to the cross of Christ, which saves the most ungodly, unworthy sinners? And would we rejoice knowing that we can have relationship with you? Lord, we love you and we thank you and we praise you. It's in your name that we ask these things. Amen.
We're coming to our favorite time of the service where we're going to light candles and we're going to sing together Silent Night. Just a little bit of encouragement as we light candles. We'll come down the aisles once we light off the Christ candle. If you'll move the unlit candle to the lit candle, that'll keep your hands uh, safe and keep our floor uh, from getting a lot of wax on it. So help us out with that. While we are lighting candles, uh, you're going to see some amazing videos from our partners around the world. Marco Ricciardi. This is my wife, Abby. We live in Tel Aviv, Israel, and we work with Youth with a Mission. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Hello, I'm Russell. And I'm Stephen. And we're from the Cold Pepper Warming Center. Merry, Merry Christmas. Christmas to all of you. <laughs> Our dear family in USA, your family here in Uganda wishes you a wonderful Christmas. Anna Junaita Kum Christmas at the same. And we also want to light this candle as we say, Merry Christmas. To our dear family in the USA, here in Uganda, your family here in Uganda, we wish you a wonderful Christmas. Anaju Netakum Christmas Abseme, Tuba Galiza Christmas Enunji. We also want to light the Christmas candle with you as we say. Merry Christmas. We are Nathan Ola Berry, missionaries to Warsaw, Poland. And we have the privilege and the opportunity to light the next Advent candle. We light this candle remembering the birth of Christ in the light of his gospel that has traveled around the world. Merry Christmas.
Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas.